Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. This is Oceans Church. If you're watching online right now, it would mean the world to me, even in the tents. Uh, you know, can I be honest? Uh, how, how many in here have ever watched one of our messages online? Would you raise your hand if you watch it online? Okay, that's awesome. I'd say 80% of these tents. Uh, I would encourage you even right now, if you have family and friends that you think would be blessed by what we share at this church, would you just hop on Facebook real fast? If you're watching online, just hit that share button. Go on Facebook, share this. I'm always in, why would you do that, Mark? Because there could be people in heaven one day that said, I am here because of a message you shared July 20, what's the date? 20, my watch is between the dates right now, um, 25th. And it changed my life. It touched my heart. So if you're here today, welcome. This is Ocean's Church. We do prescribe to the teachings of Jesus. But the good news is, if you don't believe like us, you're still welcome here. Everyone said amen. I tell the story often, but we had a server in our church that loved Ocean so much that regardless of the table she waited on, she said, you would love our church. The one guy was like, I'm an atheist. She's like, you should come to my church. He's like, I'm an atheist. She's like, you should come to my church. He's like, I'm an atheist, though. She said, no, no, no. You should go to my church. And I just love that we are a church for people that maybe normally don't like church. Uh, I think it's a great compliment. I've learned that if non-believing people enjoy your church, the real believers will love it even more. And uh, we're not a religious church. We're not the first church of the frozen chosen. Can I get an amen? We do love Jesus. We love his word. We like to have a good time. Come on, we enjoy church. Anybody enjoy Sundays? We got some new t-shirts made over here. Making Sundays great again. Kidding, I'm kidding. Too soon, too soon. <clears throat> We're going to, maybe one day. <clears throat> well, uh, if you have your Bible, though, uh, turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings 19. I want to jump right into the Word of God this morning. We do believe that God speaks through this book. Can I get a witness? Does anybody believe that God still speaks through the Bible? Really? An old book? Yeah, an old book. I'm telling you that God can speak to you in a dream, in a vision. He can speak to you through your spouse. He can speak to you through someone praying for you. God still speaks, but he never contradicts his written word. His word is the ultimate authority. You can hear God. You can miss it. Who's ever missed it before? Anybody miss it? If you didn't raise your hand, you just missed it. Because we all miss it sometimes. We thought God said left and we turned right. But here's the good news. God's word does not miss it. And when I don't understand the Bible, it's not the problem on the Bible, it's the problem on my side. When I don't get something, it's not the issue of God's word, it's the issue of why doesn't my mind comprehend this thing? God lead me. So today, if you're brand new to our church, what a great Sunday to be a first-time guest. I want to talk to you today about the birthright of every believer, about hearing God. I love what Chelsea said in that video, I've never had leaders that hear God. I believe that everyone in this room, listen to me very clearly, this is going to blow your mind. Everyone in this room online has the opportunity to know the voice and to know the presence of God himself. And based upon the 25% golf clap, I'm in the right place. I'm, I want to I persuade you today because I believe that revival begins. Listen, we talk about revival the last few weeks about getting up, about standing up, about moving up. And today, I want to tell you that really all revival in the world, what is revival? Simply put, it is an awakening in your spirit. 
two most important days of your life are the days that you're born, and the second most, uh, the, the first most important day is the day that you are born again. Because until that second birth, you don't know what you're sucking oxygen for. I'm really good at making money. I'm really good at business. I'm really good at people. I'm really good at, I'm really good at, but you don't know. Listen, you're, you're in a career, but you haven't discovered your calling. Calling is from the purpose that God intrinsically hardwired inside of you. And you can go to Europe. You can backpack for six months. You can try to find yourself, but you will never find you by looking for you. Feel like preaching already. We don't find us by looking for us. We find us by saying, God, where are you? God told Adam, where are you, Adam? He didn't ask him that question because he lost him on his GPS. He didn't go and find my friends. Adam was just here. Where did Adam and Eve go? He wasn't, he wasn't confused about their GPS coordinates. The reason why God said, where are you, is because Adam lost himself. And when you're born, I'm sorry, getting ahead of myself, but we're born with this cosmic disconnect. We are not good people that occasionally do bad stuff. We are born under a bad, fallen nature and need to be redeemed. And I feel like preaching already today. Have a good time. Excited to have you with us today. Uh, I'm going to try my best not to offend you in the first little bit here. We're going to offend you. Let's offend you on the big stuff. Amen? If you have your Bible today, let's read 18 verses out of 1 Kings chapter 19. 19, 1 Kings 19. I want to talk to you today about the really the, I believe, the foundation of all spiritual awakening. Catch this word with me. Catch this word. It's, it starts, everything that revives, it starts with God, and it gets to us by us listening. I talked to you about last week moving up. Today, I want to talk to you about listen up. Listen, 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 listen. You ever been to the South? Who's been to the South? Who's from the South? Can we all agree that Southern people are always testing your hearing? Why are they testing your hearing? Because they always finish their sentence with, do you hear? You going over there today, you hear? It's like, my hearing is good, okay? Leave me alone. I hear. You hear me? Yes, I hear you. Listen. God wants us to be a listening people. You know what makes us different than any other religion on the earth? Is we have a God that still speaks. Because he's not buried under the soil. He's not under that tombstone pizza. Come on, somebody. Who remembers that commercial? What do you want on your tombstone? Pepperoni. We serve a God that's out of the grave. So today, uh, 1 Kings chapter 19. I want to talk to you today about the power of listening if you're taking notes, I want you to write, listen up, and really everything I'm going to talk to you today about is, is connected to the power of a God whisper. Power of a God whisper, a whisper. First Kings chapter 19 is actually right after chapter 18. Whoa! We got aspirin in the back for everyone that just blew their minds. Chapter 18 about First Kings is a story very famous story if you grew up in Sunday school. How do you know if you grew up in Sunday school? You know the rest of this song, Father Abraham had. Those are the church kids, okay? So listen, if you grew up in Sunday school, what you know is that there was a guy named Elijah. Elijah was a prophet. He was a man of God. He heard his voice. He was mighty. And the Bible says this, that he one day got so tired of how corrupt, Calif or how corrupt Israel Got so tired of the darkness in the land. He got so tired of the King Ahab and 
Queen Jezebel, literally making it the national religion of the nation to serve and worship Baal. It was the, it was the national ideology of faith was Baal worship. He got so tired of it, he called for a showdown. He rented out the Staples Center. He said, all right, you bring your 450 prophets of Baal. I'm going to show up solo with God. And we're going to build an altar in the middle of the wood floors. We're going to dig a trench around it. We're going to put wood on it. We're going to put stones on it. And we're going to baptize that thing with tons of water. And the God that answers with fire, that's the God that we're going to serve. It's a showdown, flat out. And his premise was this, and this is what I felt the Lord this week was wrestling in my spirit, is he said in chapter 18, I think it's verse 10, he said, how long will you falter, America, Israel, between two opinions? He goes, if Baal is God, follow him. But if Yahweh is God, follow him. Stop faltering between two opinions. We live in a day and age that we're like kind of in, kind of out. Kind of believe in God, kind of don't. I like some of the Christianity thing, but I kind of don't like some of the other stuff. I like what feels good for me, but the, some of that I cut, some of that I paste. I kind of, I have, I have a hybrid faith. And we are faltering between multiple opinions, multiple worldviews. Elijah gets so sick of it. Elijah goes, look, we're doing a showdown. We're renting out staples. Get there early. Calls on their God. Says bell worshipers call. No answer. He starts cracking jokes. Elijah becomes a comedian. He's like, where's, where's, where's Baal? Where'd he go? Is he sleeping? Is, is Baal taking a little nappy? It actually translates, he goes, this actually official translation, is he going to the bathroom? Maybe he's on the pot. This is what Elijah says. He starts taunting these guys. They're cutting themselves, they're screaming, their pets' heads are falling, it's crazy! And Elijah, he's just taunting them. And then all of a sudden, they're done. He's, all right, God, show these tents that you are the God that answers by fire. Says fire struck the altar so hot that it licked the water out of the trenches, burned the wood, and actually was so hot, it actually burned up the rocks. It's a hot fire. So hear me. After that story, Elijah's like, oh, good news. Revival is coming to to, to." To Israel, right? They saw the miracle. But how many know sometimes miracles don't lead to revival? We pick up reading in chapter 19. Let's see what it says. Chapter 19, this is when revival should have broke out. They just called down fire. They just killed all the Baal prophets. And in verse 19, chapter 19, verse 1, Ahab the king told his wife, Jezzy, all that Elijah had done. Also how, she, how he executed all of the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger. What'd she send? Help me out, Ocean's Church. What'd she send? She sent a messenger. What'd the message say? Well, let's read the message. This, he opened the note up, got to Elijah. He said, hey, this is what Jezzy want me to tell you. So let the gods do to me, and more also, if by this time tomorrow I don't make your life as one of those that you killed. And when he saw the message, he arose and he ran for his life. Why did he run? Because of a message. Why did he run? Because of what he heard. Why did he run? Because of what he heard. Why did he run? 
I believe that whose report you listen to determines if you run from God or you return to God. Message is everything. And he heard a message from hell. Hell's message make you run. God's message make you just gave you my whole message. We'll, we'll wrap this up. Let's pray. Says this. He ran for his life. He actually, he fired his staff. He's like, hey, we don't have a job anymore for you. And he let his staff go. When you fire, start firing your staff, you start getting ready to hang up your ministry. Verse 4, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, somewhere near Corona. And uh, kidding, modern day joke. Came down, sat down under a broom tree, and he prayed there that he might die. This guy's been hanging out with Jonah. He sat down. He said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for it is better that I go to my father. I'm no, I'm no better than my dad. Then he laid down and slept under a broom tree. Suddenly an angel touched him, touched him, and he said, arise and eat, arise and eat. He looked down, and there, there, was, a head, there was by his head a cake baked on coals. There was jars of water, so he ate, he drank, he laid down again. And the angel of the Lord came back at the second time, touched him, and said, arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he got up, he ate, he drank, he went, and the strength of that food for 40 days, 40 nights, as far as Horeb, which is Sinai, the mountain of God, and there he went down into a cave, the cleft of the rock, spent the night there in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. Are you still with me today? He said to him, guess what God said? What are you doing here, Elijah? Can I stop? God doesn't ask questions because he doesn't know the answer. God has never said, it just occurred to me. He has never had a new thought. He knows everything all the time. Are you with me? So when he says, uh, what are you doing, Elijah? He knows what he's doing. Are you with me? So this is, for, this is for Elijah's benefit. And it says this, that he says, I've, I've been very zealous. I've been very zealous for the Lord. And the Lord of hosts and the children of Israel, they first, these people in this nation, they've, they first, they're forsaken your covenant. They've torn down your altars. They've killed your prophets. they pushed you out of a politics. They pushed, they, 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 they're, they're, they're losing it. And I'm the only Christian in, in Orange County. I'm the only one left. Now they seek to take my life too. He's having a low moment. Then God said, go out, stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by in a great strong wind. Say it with me, wind. Strong wind. Tore into the mountainside. It broke the rocks in pieces. That's a strong wind. When you start fracturing rocks, that's a strong wind. Fractured the rocks, but God was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a still, small voice. Say it with me, whisper. God was in the whisper. So it was when Elijah heard the whisper that he wrapped his face in his mantle. He went out, stood at the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice. What came? What came? A voice came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? Here he goes again. I've been very zealous for you, Lord of hosts, the children of Israel. They've forsaken your covenant. They've torn down your altars. They've killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone have left us. They seek to take my life too. And the Lord said, go. What's God say? Return. What's he say? Go and the devil makes you run. God's voice makes you return. And uh, he returned. In the way of wilderness to Damascus, when he arrived, he said, I want you to anoint Hazel, the king of Syria. He's not even a godly king. 
And when you anoint him, I also want you to anoint Jehu, the son of Ninshi, the king of over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abel, uh, Maloah, and you shall anoint him as prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazael, Jehu will take care of. Whoever escapes his sword Je- uh, of Jehu, Elisha will kill. And yet I've reserved 7,000 other people. You're not the only Christian in Orange County. You're not the only Christian in Israel. You're not the only one left. There's other people that God said, I've reserved, whose knees have not bowed. There's more for you than against you. Every mouth that has not kissed him. I want to pray today that we be a church that listens well. Listen up. Say it with me. Listen up. Tap your neighbor. Say, listen up. Let's pray. God, we love you so much today. We thank you that you are the God that speaks. You are the God that leads us. You're the God that that speaks to us. You're the God that shows us through your voice, through your word, how we're supposed to live our lives. Today, Holy Spirit, meet us where we are. If we're angry, meet us in our anger. If we're frustrated, meet us in our frust. If we're, if we're cynical, meet us in our doubts. If we're jaded, meet us in our skepticism. Lord, today, if we're in faith, meet us in our faith. I pray wherever we are that your love would invade. Have your way at Ocean's Church today. Bless the nations of the earth from Bake. In Jesus' name we ask and we pray. God's church said amen. Come on, God's church said a good amen. Amen. I, uh... I got kids. Who's got kids? Anybody have kids? Raise your hand if you have a kid. Some of you are too tired to raise your hand. (laughs) Having kids is exhausting. It's crazy to me that you got to go to school for everything. You got to go to the DMV. You got to take a written test to drive a car. You got to go to, you got to go to 18 years of education to get a piece of paper that says you're average. You got to go an extra four years to say you're a little bit better than some others. You got to go to school for another 12 years to get a degree that says you're smarter than everybody. It's funny that you got to go to school. You go to ITT Tech to become an engineer, electrician, go to plumbing, trade school. It is funny to me that if you want to work with computers, pipes, electricity, you want to work with vehicles, mechanics, it's funny that everything you do in life, there's training except the most important thing, having kids. Anybody can have a kid. <laughs> what do we do? There's no courses on how to parent kids. I have two little girls, and uh, just funny. I've learned that kids come out of the womb without a filter. Yes. Have you ever been embarrassed by what your kids say? Come on, somebody. They say the wildest stuff. Uh, it's interesting that children have the longest period of development. It's, it's, we're not like... We're not like bamboo trees that are up in a moment. We're not like, like dogs that are fully grown in one year. It takes, it takes us 18, 21 years to fully materialize into our full size. God knew that it takes longer to develop a human being than it does to develop a regular animal. It's crazy that my kids, they, they, they say the funniest things sometimes. They say, they say funny things sometimes. My, my Chloe... Uh, uh, we took her to that big event, which I want to say big shout out to all of our Mission Me family. Last night, they filled, they filled a lot of the stadium at SoFi. One of the first events at the SoFi, the new Chargers and Ram Stadium, one of the first events in that building was, come on, worshiping Jesus. <laughs> Carrie Job there last night, Cody Carnes, all these Tori Kelly people worship. They sang the blessing to close the night out. 
Probably the greatest event that'll ever happen in that stadium. I, uh, I was thinking about, though, my daughter, she's like, she, she's like, who's going to be there? And I said, Justin Bieber's going to be there. She's like, Justin Bieber? She calls him Justin Bieber. I got her Otter Pops. She calls him Water Pops. How many think it's cute little kids, the little things they say? My Chloe came in about a year ago. She was five years old. She came into the room as serious as a heart attack. She looked at her mom. She says, Mom, why did God make me so funny? She said, why couldn't I just be ordinary, Mom, like you? Rochelle goes, I'm not funny? She goes, is Daddy funny? She's like, yeah, Daddy's funny. I was like, Chloe, Kenzie's, she's like, is Kenzie funny? She's like, yeah, Kenzie's funny too. Rochelle's like, why are you leaving me out? Kids say the funniest, cutest stuff sometimes. I remember when they were babies, I just tried to get them to say my name first. That's all I wanted. I wanted to hear their little voice with their little face, with their little sound, say, dad, dad. I remember trying to brainwash them at an early age, just feeding them food, dad, 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 dad. Whispering them at night when I'm rocking them to bed, dad, 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 dad. First words, mama, right? Like, Why? I love, I love that human beings are unlike any other creatures on the earth, that we actually understand the power of language. No other animals on the earth have vocabularies, vernaculars, understanding. No other animal on the earth is aware of calculus and science and biology and anatomy. And, are you hearing me today? No other animal on the earth, even though some of you love your dogs, especially in this church. What was the count today? Well, people, we were at this number, but with dogs... It was double. Dog church. I, uh, I don't know what we're going to do when we're moving inside. Um, anyways, I was thinking about this, though, that we are a, we are a people that communicate. And I, I learned this. I want you to write this down. I believe language in life is learned from our parents' voice. Catch that. Language and life are learned from our parents' voice. Language in life. What do you mean? I mean that you don't learn a language until you hear it. You don't learn life until you see it. You don't learn language until you hear it. And you don't learn life until you see it. Some of your life is broke down, it's busted, and it's disgusted. And the reason why is because the life that you were modeled growing up was not a healthy life. Some of you are in environments that are toxic right now. And you're tolerating toxic because you've never seen life and you've never heard language that's healthy. Some of you accept things that God did not die to give you because you've never seen a better way. I want you to know, I'm a fundamental believer, that language and life is modeled by what God our Father says and how Jesus lived. Jesus was bold. Some people say, Mark, I don't have a problem with God. I think, well, I don't have a problem with Jesus. He's, he's a good guy, good teacher. Problem is, Jesus never claimed to be just a good teacher. He claimed to be God. He said, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. No one else has ever been so bold to say, look, if you've seen me, you know what God looks like. You want to know what God looks like in public? Look at Jesus. You want to know how God speaks to, to people that are homeless and destitute? Look at Jesus. You want to know what the attitude of God is towards children? Look at Jesus. You want to know what God's passion is for those that are lost in darkness and in sin? Look at if you see him. You know what God looks like. Some of you today, you're like, Mark, I don't know. I think that everybody else could probably know God, but not me. You don't know my story. I got news for you today. The 
You're thinking too highly of yourself. God is no respecter of people. There's not a special place in heaven or hell for people that are extraordinarily bad or extraordinarily good. I believe the same God that honors those that accept him is the same God that will listen to those that cry out to him. Are you hearing me today? And I was writing, I just thought about this this week, that oftentimes we think it's the spectacular that creates momentum. We think it's the spectacular that leads to revival. And let me just say this. I do believe, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for big events. I'm grateful for conferences. I'm grateful for camps. I'm grateful for retreats. I am grateful for all those holy environments. But I want to set the record straight on a normal Sunday. That we see Elijah models, but maybe more than any other Old, Old Testament figure, they called down fire on a mountain and revival didn't come. He called down revival. He called down fire on a hillside that, that burned rocks in front of an entire nation. And the nation did not immediately turn to God. Jesus even talked about, man, some places see miracles and they still don't believe. He told some cities, unless you people see miracles, you by no means probably will ever believe. But some people see the goodness of God and they still don't want to believe in him. Are you with me today? What are you saying? Elijah called down fire and when he was expecting revival, he got a message that sent him on the run. I believe this with all of my heart. I believe that God has a message today that causes you to return to him. But hell has a message today. Hell will always try to lie to you. It'll always try to get you to focus on the things that God, it tries to twist the truth of God out of context. You know what's crazy about the devil? The same thing he did in the garden, he still does today. He tries to get you to sacrifice your relationship with God over things that you already have access to. He says, eat this fruit so you can be like, God knows if you eat it, you'll be like him. Adam should have said, I'm already like God. I'm the only one in this garden that's made in his image. The devil tried to get him through disobedience to give up something that he already had. We serve a God that wants to give you the riches of his knowledge, the love of his everlasting life. And the devil sometimes will come. And here's what I know about the devil, that he can't kill you. He can't, he can't touch you. He tried to take Job out, and God said, look, you can mess with him, but you can't kill him. And here's what we know. I love the fact that the devil knew that he couldn't mess with Job. Remember when he comes to Job, and, and, or God, the devil comes to God, he says, he says, you remember the story in Job chapter 1? God's bragging about Job. He's like, look how good Job is. He's a good guy. He's got a, he's a sweet-hearted man. God's like, bless his heart. And the devil's like, you, he only loves you because you're kind to him. He only loves you because you blessed him. And, and the devil's response, you read it on your own time. But he says, he only loves you because you, 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 you put a hedge around him. How would, would the devil know? That there was a hedge around Job unless he tried to penetrate it at some point. Here's what we know. Devil can't kill you, my friend. But what he will try to do, like Jezebel, is he'll try to send a message that will send you on the run. What's a message that sends you on a run? It's a discouraging, it's a depressing, it's an accusational message. How do you know? Because if Jezebel wanted to kill Elijah, she would not have sent a messenger. If you're serious about killing somebody, you don't send a messenger, you send an assassin. 
you send an executioner. Here's the truth. Jezebel wasn't trying to kill him that day. She was trying to intimidate him. You know what the devil does when he can't kill you? He tries to intimidate you. He tries to get you out of your purpose. He tries to get you out of your God confidence. He tries to get you out of your God dreams. I'm telling you today. We serve a God that sends a word that causes you to return when the devil sends a word to try to get you on the run. Some of you don't like God because of a word that someone gave you. Said they were a Christian, they started cussing you out in a church parking lot. Said they love God and they're a family member of yours and they abused you verbally. They abused you physically. They messed with you sexually. I'm telling you, sometimes we hate God because of the things that somebody did in God's name. But don't ever mistake a, a perverted messenger with a pure message. God is a pure God. God is a perfect father. And yes, we are all flawed and each one of us has our own issues. But make no mistake about it. If you can see God for who he is, the Bible says he's the desire of all nations. Problem is not with God. It's with people that represent him. Bible says it's the it's because of it's because of the, the the hypocritical believers that the name of God is blasphemed. It's not God that's causing screwed up things on the earth. It's people that are trying to do God things in a negative religious spirit. Are you with me today? So what are you saying? I'm saying that the birthright of every believer is like Elijah. What do we know of the story? The story goes is Elijah. He sees this spectacular fire. No revival. And then he's, then he's depressed, well, I lo- which I love. I love the Bible. It's so, uh, it's so honest that it tells, the, it, sh- it tells the shadow stories of even the greatest men of God. What I would suggest to you is if Elijah, who called down fire, could be depressed, I want you to know that anyone in this tent could be depressed. Anyone online could be depressed. And I love God because he doesn't just give this spiritual response to depression. Sometimes we get too spiritual in church. And someone says, well, I'm depressed. You're like, well, you gotta, you got to plead the blood, anoint your head. you got to cast out any sin. you got to confess things 16 times. you got to go to 14 altar calls. And you need some sort of seminar. And I'm not against those things. And I would do some of that stuff. Can I get an amen? <laughs> but I would say this. I love the story because it shows that there's also, beyond a spiritual element, there is some practical stuff. Notice the angel shows up. What's the first thing that he does? He doesn't tell him to plead the blood. He doesn't tell him to repent from his sin. He says, here's some cake. That's a word for someone today. Maybe someone of you will boost your spirits if you go to Marie Callender's after service today. Get you a, come on, Boston cream pie. Come on, somebody. It's good preaching. He says, you need some food. You are hungry. Snickers got it right. You ain't yourself when you're hungry. Some of you today, you're depressed because your spirit is so starved. And today you're leaning in and God's already tugging on the strings of your heart. Because these words are not just normal words, they are life. He says, you're hungry, friends. Let me give you some food. And then after the practical thing of food, you know what he did next? He said, take a nap. Some of you need a nap today. I'll say amen to my own word. Come on. And after he said, take a nap, you know what he did? He listened to him. He said, Elijah, what are you doing? Sometimes when you're depressed, you're discouraged, you just need someone that loves you enough to listen. One of my mentors said, the deeper someone's pain, the less words that are needed. It's the ministry of your presence. Are you with me today? I love the story. So powerful. Because he listens to him, and then he he gives him a a word of grace. He says, I got a word for you. I want you to get outside of the cave. 
Scholars say, it's a really powerful story, that it's likely that he's on Mount Horeb here, which is Sinai, and he's likely in the same cleft of the rock that Moses was in when Moses prayed, show me your glory. How crazy would it be if hundreds of years later, Elijah is in the same geographical location that Moses encountered the glory of God? And here's what's crazy. The spectacular glory came. And so spectacular was, was this glory that a wind that shattered rocks came through, but he was protected by the rock. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, an earthquake shook so violently, but he was okay because he was protected by the rock. And then all of a sudden, the fire broke out on the hillside, but the fire didn't burn him. Come on, Shadrach, Meshach, and Mabengo, because he was in the rock. What do you know, preach? I know this, man, that when you are in the rock, sometimes even the craziest things don't have access to you. And here's what we know today, is he's in the rock, and these are spectacular miracles. Well, but Mark, I thought God was fire. He is a consuming fire. Exodus chapter 3, he came in a burning bush. We know that God is a consuming fire. We know that God has shooken things before with earthquakes. We know that he came down from Mount Sinai, scared the life out of the Israelites because he shook the earth. God can shake things. And we know that God can be wind, because in Acts chapter 2, he has a birth of the church in a mighty, rushing wind. But there's something in the story that I think God wanted to put an explanation point on. Is we as human beings, with social media, we post the spectacular. But what transformed the life of Elijah was not the spectacular wind. It was not the spectacular earthquake. It was not the spectacular fire. It was the unspectacular. It was the ordinary whisper. It wasn't, it wasn't being at the camp with 350 campers. It wasn't SoFi Stadium with 25,000 people. It, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't. It was, at a, it was in, a, in, a, in a room that I shut my door. No one else was in there. And I said, God... <laughs> Would you speak to me? My friend Jeremy has a cool story about how he cried out to God. He said he pounded the ground. He said, God, if you're real, show me. It's crazy how his life turned on in, a, in a living room with his friends, Newport Beach. Cried out to God. I said, God, I've, you know, his story is so powerful. He told me the story. He said, Mark, I got rich at a young age. I became a millionaire at a young age. He said, I, I got so wealthy that I, I, started, I started trying to do everything with my money and my power to be free. And he said, the more drugs I did and the more crazy stuff that I did, the, the more I chased freedom, the more of a prisoner I became. And he said this in his own words. He said, I, got, I became so incarcerated chasing freedom that it wasn't until I cried out to God and became a servant of God that I became truly free whispers whispers we learn language and we learn life through the voice of god so let's get started with the message today my wife said to keep it under three hours i'm gonna honor your time just kidding hear me today i'm almost done i believe this with all in my heart some say mark can you really know god's voice my answer to you is found in john chapter 10 verse 3 he says my sheep know my if you believe in God, you are one of his sheep. Well, that means he, he only speaks to you through the Bible. He does speak to you through the Bible. That is the predominant way that God speaks is through his Bible. Can I get an amen? 
But I want to push past that today. Because I believe that God, everything that God says will line up with his Bible. We miss it sometimes. There's times that God says, turn left, you turn right. You're like, whoa, did God screw up? No, you heard him wrong. But when, when I hear him wrong, it's not his fault. It's, it's on me. His word doesn't change. And that's why it's so important when you're learning to hear his voice, start with memorizing the written word. The only thing that God guarantees every time is this book. Some of you like to prophesy unicorns and unicycles and whatever else that's uni. Unibrows. Listen to me. It's, it's dangerous when we get so obsessed with the voice of God when it's unhitched from the word of God. God's voice is always complimentary to his word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good preaching, good preaching. I'm telling you the truth. is John, John 16, verse 12. Jesus said, I got a lot of stuff to say to you guys. I got tons of stuff to say to you. I have many things to say. What, to what? To, say. to, to what? Jesus said, I have many things to say. To who? To you. But you cannot bear them right now. That's what he said. However, when he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak. He will not speak. He will not speak. Of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine, and he will declare it. He will what? What? Declare it to um, who? To you. Who's you? That's us. What do you mean? Well, my pastor said that God doesn't speak. Then ask that pastor one question. Why are you in ministry? And when they respond with this thing, I want you to say, gotcha. Because you say, who called you to ministry? They're going to say, God called me to ministry. And then you can just say this. I thought you couldn't hear his voice. Some churches, they say the only time God speaks to you is through a written word in the Bible. Listen to me. Here's the problem with that. Where's the verse that says you're called to ministry? Well, I was reading, and all of a sudden, I read this verse that said, Mark Francie, I'm calling you to ministry. Okay, Lord. Proverbs 32. Psalms 151. Church jokes. Tough crowd. Not a lot of scholars in this room. I, uh... I've found that we hear his voice by three things. I want you to write these three things down today. How in the world? Mark, well, you're, you're a hyper-Christian. You're a spiritual person. Listen to me. I'm not a spirit. I, I was not a, I, I didn't wear WWJD paraphernalia growing up. Only went to one Carmen concert. Come on. I know a little bit of DC talk. That was, I come on, just a little bit. I was not a Jesus freak. Okay. I did not want to serve God. I was not looking to be a Christian of age my dad forced me to go to a summer camp and it was at that camp that i heard his voice was it audible no and i'll be honest i think i think nowadays so many people they chalk up people in the bible to like they were great because they heard the audible voice of god i don't think that everyone in the bible heard the audible voice why because hebrews 11 says in the hall of faith it says abraham by faith Noah by faith. It says Rahab by faith. Everybody was by what? Listen to me. If you had God shake your bedroom, shake your bed, and say, Mark Francie, move to California. Start a church. It will be great. People will get saved. Revival will come. Listen to me. I would be moving, but it would not be moving by. You don't need faith for things that are obvious. 
You need faith to step out when you're not quite sure. I think God's leading me. I think God wants me to get out of this bad relationship. I think God wants me to change careers. I think the Holy Spirit's asking me to give up some of the addictions in my life. How do you know he's speaking to you? I, I think it's God because I normally wouldn't want this. But I can't shake this spiritual hearing. You know what I'm talking about today? You know when you start thinking about things? My five-year-old said, Daddy, how do you know when God speaks to you? I said, baby, you start thinking of things you normally would never think about. And even though some of it's scary, you feel like you're supposed to do it anyways. Voice of God. You know why some of you have never heard his whisper? Because number one, you've never made an appointment. Write this down. God shows up in atmospheres that are prepared for him. Write this down. God loves prepared atmospheres. What do you mean by that? I mean... God could be with you 24 hours of the day, but it's not until you pause and make eye contact with him that you feel him, that you sense him. Can you imagine marrying somebody, driving on a 10-hour car ride and not looking at him one time, talking to him one time? Let me ask you a question. Are they there? Are you enjoying their company? Because you have not prepared an environment that you pause what you are doing turned down the radio and said, hey, Rochelle, how was your day? God begins to speak to us when we begin to prepare an environment. Say it with me, make an appointment. Some of you are very successful in business because you know the power of your schedule. Your schedule is determining what you're becoming. We live in a generation that wants to become something great. Listen, man, I'm just going to be honest with you today. This is free. I'm telling you that you will never become something great until you schedule that greatness. You don't become what you want to become. You become what your schedule makes you. And if you want to become godly, it's got to be in your schedule. You want to be a great husband, it's got to be in your schedule. You want to be a great father, it's got to be in your schedule. Hear me today. You can try all you want to try, but listen to me. Preparation is way better than, than promises. I promise I'll be a better husband. I promise I'll be a better wife. It does not change until you, until you prioritize it in your schedule. We live in a generation that overpromises and underdelivers because we don't prepare. We 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 promise. I've cheated on every other person I've ever dated. I've stolen from every other person I've worked for. I've done bad things, but I promise when I get married to you, I'll be a perfect person. Here's the problem with your promise. It's empty because there's no preparation. You will not do what you promise. You will do what you prepare. How do you prepare? You do it by schedule schedule. I want to become godly. How do you become godly? Spend time with them. I wrote this down. If you don't make appointments, you'll lead to disappointments. If you don't make appointments with God, missed appointments with God lead to disappointments. Psalms 46.10 says, be still and know that he is God. Some of you have time to meet with everybody except God. Could it be that he's the most important person that you can meet with today? Could it be that he's the only one that has the power to bless you? so funny to me. None of you guys ever miss a house payment. None of you guys would ever miss a rent payment, a car payment, a phone payment. Your phone gets shut off. It's the end of the world. Your power gets shut off. It's the end of the world. But some of you, you don't even like, you can miss tithing for two years and not even blink about it. 
I'm not trying to throw rocks. I'm just saying it's so funny in our context uh, of the value that we give God. It's like whatever's left over, we'll give Him. Listen to me. God is first or He's not God at all. My mentor said if He's not Lord of all, He's not Lord at all. If, he, if He's not Lord of everything, He's not Lord over anything. Here's the problem. God can't be second. He can't be third. He is terrible at losing. He doesn't lose. If he golfed, his score would be 18. If he played baseball, his batting average would be 1,000. He has never missed. He, he is perfect in all of his ways. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the first and he is the last. He's not second. He's not. And the problem with some of us is, is we want to be great in God without giving him any of our schedule. I go to church. That's what I pay you for. No, 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 no. You don't pay me to hear to God for you. I'm here to serve, but I want you to know my job, here's the problem in the American church. The American church has fallen in love with a traditional church instead of a biblical church. You know what the difference is? Let me inform you today. The traditional church pays a pastor to hear God to serve my needs. The biblical church, it says that the pastor's job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. My job isn't to do everything. My job is to teach you how to win your world. Traditional church. We go to church on Sunday and we watch Pastor LeBron James dunk on the devil. And then we cheer for Pastor LeBron James. And then we wait till next week to watch Pastor LeBron James dunk again on the devil. It's not the way it works. Biblical church is when you show up and, 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 and Pastor Coach Riley, Pat Riley, when Pastor, when Pastor Coach uh, uh, Phil Jackson, when he shows up, when Bill Belichick shows up and says, guys, bring it in. I'm not throwing the football today. I'm not dunking on any of those guys today. But I'll teach you how to hear his voice. I'll teach you how to love his word. I'll teach you how to spend time in his presence. I'll do it personally on myself, but today is about you guys learning how to love God yourself. And I'll coach you, I'll cheer you on, I'll pastor you, I'll be here for, I'll serve you, I'll pray for you, but my heart is, is to be a biblical church that everyone in this tent knows how to hear the voice of God, not just those on this stage. Come on, if you're gonna clap, give a good hand clap and a shout. This is the God that we serve. You know why I hear his voice and you don't sometimes? Because I make intentional time to hear it. When was the last time you shut your door, turned on some worship music, cleared your thoughts, and you said, God, would you speak to me? When was the last time? Somebody like, well, this morning. Well, praise God. Overachiever. Messing up my analogy right now. Some of you guys, you've never done it. And you know why you've never heard his voice? Because you never made an appointment. Number two, are you still with me today? Who give me five more minutes? Five more minutes, five, 10, 15, 20, that's all I need. Thanks, Brad. Here we go. Number two, not only when you set an appointment, I want you to listen and I want you to write. Listen and I want you to write when you're in the presence of God. You know what God usually speaks to me about? Things that I'm thinking about. Whoa, whoa, that was a fastball don't know if I can hit that one. You know what God will speak to you about? What you're thinking about. 
Well, sometimes we're so spiritual, we're like, well, if I get in the presence of God, He's going to teach me about 40-day fast and about prophecy and tongues, interpretation of tongues and interpretive dance. It's like twirling today. It's my favorite. If I get in the presence of God, what's He going to speak to me about? He's going to speak to you about what's on your mind. Hey, God, my kid's acting crazy. My brother's running from you right now. God, my mom is really going through a tough season. Hey, God, my boss, man, driving me crazy. My employees, oh my gosh. You know what God will do? He'll, he'll meet you. But you know what you do? We, sometimes we forget as Christians. Listen to me, Christians, for a second. We're good at casting our cares, but we're not good at leaving with his heart. Prayer is not just casting a care. It's listening to him and getting his heart. After you pray for your brother, say, God, what do you want me to do with him? How do you want me to pray for him? You don't just leave with giving him your cares. You leave with more of his heart. His love. Can I get a good amen? Almost finished. I want you to write down this week. This week, your homework assignment. I have homework. Yes, you do. You have homework. I'm out of school. No, you're not. You're still here in school. Ocean's Academy. I want you this week. Every day, I don't care if it's two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, an hour. I want you to make an appointment. In the beginning of the appointment, I want you to put on some worship music. I want you to forget about all the stuff going on just for a second. And just say, God, I love you. Would you speak to me? And after you do that, here's your next assignment. Say, God, would you speak to me right now? And I want you to listen. And I want you to talk to him about what's going on that week. Write down what you think he's saying to you. Just write it down. You'll be shocked at some of the stuff you write down. Whoa, this is my problem. Okay, this is what I have to do this week. I'm writing down, call this person, reach out to this individual, take care of this issue, put out that deal. And it's crazy as you talk to him, watch, ideas start coming in that are beyond your education. Hey babe, I, had, I remember in Idaho, we were uh, trying to get out of, we had some business debt from when we started our business. And I remember thinking, God, this interest payment is crushing us. What do I do to get out of this dumb debt? And the Lord said, your car is paid off. If you sell your car, you sell it outright, you can take the cash from your car, pay off the rest of the loan. The, you're paying like $500 a month on this bad interest rate. He said, the payment of interest is going towards nothing right now. If you use what you make from your car, pay off that debt. He goes, your car payment will be less than the interest you were paying. It was a simple moment. But at 20 years of age, I'm like, whoa, this changed my mind. God will give you, can I, are you with me, wisdom. So we write it down, we listen. And the third thing we do is begin to read the Bible. God's favorite way to speak to us is through his word. People say, Mark, well, how, how, do, you, how do you read the Bible? I, I read it with it open. I, I open it up. This guy's a funny guy. I encourage you to read your Bible. Here's the, here's the problem with most American Christians. We read it two ways. We either read it too intellectually, that we miss God, or we read it too spiritually, and we miss the big picture. <laughs> Are you ready? What do you mean? I mean, some of you only read the Bible because you're like, Lord, speak to me today. And you read it, and all you do is you're like, the Lord is telling me from this verse right now. This is the verse that he said. He spoke this to me, and he said, God so loved the world. He loved me. He loved, like, everything about me and my world that he gave his only son, Jesus. And it's just all about me, me, I, my, me, I, my. It's just me and God. 
and all you see when you read the Bible is you. God wants you to see you when you read it, but he wants you to see more than just you. Two questions you gotta ask when you read the Bible, you ready? What are you saying to me? And what did you mean in the original context? With the original audience, with the original author, some people read it as scholars and that's all they read it for is they read it for context they read it for historical information they read it to know who was it written by when was it written why was it written and some of you read it intellectually but you never say god what are you speaking to me through this verse god wants to speak to you on both fronts amen almost done and uh yeah i think i'm done yeah i'm done stand your feet i learned to date my message Stay married to the Holy Spirit, but date, date your message. Today, as we close, we had a lizard come to the altar call already. It was awesome. Outdoor church. Lizard got saved. No one else responds today. We got one lizard saved. Come on. God's moving. It's a big lizard. Hey, do me a favor to the Ocean Church. Look at me real fast. Real quick. Real quick. Almost finished. I want you to know that God will speak if you'll open up your heart. Here's the problem with a couple of you. You're running from God. How do you know you're running? Because you're so defiant today that in your heart you go, Mark, even if God would speak to me, I wouldn't want to hear his voice. You are so wounded on the inside that even if God was real, you wouldn't reach out to him. God wants to heal your heart today. Some of you, your heart is harder than clay. And today, God will soften your heart if you'll open up the door. Others of you here today, you're like, Mark, look, I've... I love God, but if I'm being honest, I've been out of, I feel like I've been out of stride with who He is and who He wants me to be. How do I learn how to live life? You learn it by listening to your, your, your Father's voice, and you watch from His language and from His life how to live. I read this book, I say, God, would your language and would your life shape the way that I live? Would your language and would your life shape the way that I live? God. If you're not into stealing, I'm not into stealing. God, if you're not into being greedy, I'm not into being greedy. God, if you're not a cheater, I'm not a cheater. God, if you're not a if you're not a villain, I'm not a villain. If you're not a cusser, I'm not a cusser. If you're not a, a addict, I'm not. Are you hearing me today? God, your language in your life will shape the way that I live mine. That's surrender. But here's the problem: some of us go, well, I want. I want some of God, but I don't want all of Him. I'm telling you that God is the only one that the more you get of Him, the better life becomes. Eyes closed, heads bowed, He's here. God, we love you. Lord, we love you. Lord, we love you. Gonna make room for you. Well, lift your hands. I dare you just give Him five minutes of your time. He'll speak. Open up the ears of their spirit right now. Remove the veil of doubt and hurt. Come on, who's hungry for him today? Five me.
I just thank you, Lord, for everyone with the sound of my voice. I pray for Gloria, that she start hearing your voice like she's never heard it. Yeah, I pray, Lord, for Hillary. I pray for Jennifer. I pray, Lord, for Stephen, for Paul. I pray for Silas. I pray, Lord, for, for, for all of those in this room online even, for Timothy. I pray for Jose. I pray for Juan. I, I pray, Lord, for Carlos. I lift up Michael and, and Jonathan and Mark. I pray for Matthew. I, I pray, Lord, as you call them out by name, that you begin to speak to them today. Open up their hearts. Open up the ears of their understanding. Let them know what the width, what the height, what the depth is of the love of God that transcends all understanding. I thank you that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I am persuaded that death, nor life, nor things present, nor things to come, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, uh, nor anything in all creation can separate us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. We lift our hands to you today. We say, speak like Samuel. Speak, for your servant is listening. I dare you to say it. Speak, for your servant is listening. Your son is listening. Your daughter is listening. God doesn't have any grandkids. God doesn't have any stepkids. God isn't looking for some secondhand relationship with you. God doesn't want access to you only through a preacher or through a prophet. God wants a personal relationship. He is jealous for a personal audience with you. Would you give him that place? Would you give him that privilege? God, I pray today like Elijah, that revival would hit our life as we obey the whisper. It's crazy. The food sustained him. The cake encouraged him. It says that the drinks, it actually got him out of the cave. But it wasn't, the, it wasn't until he heard the word of God, the whisper of God, that he returned and had the anointing. I believe it is the whisper of God that gives us the anointing to life. Today we lift our hands to you. We ask you for your whisper. We're listening. Listen up, Ocean's Church. Listen up, Orange County. Revival's coming. When's it coming? When revival torches your spirit, it'll burn on everybody you come in contact with. So light a flame in Mark Francie, light a flame in Rochelle Francie, light a flame in Joel and Melanie Faust, light a flame in Bodie and Royal, Royale, light a flame, light a flame all over these tents today. Paul and Lisa, light a flame. Vakshay, light a flame in Costume, light a flame in your people today. I pray in Jesus' name, you begin to speak. Anybody here today feel challenged that I'm going to make an appointment this week? I'm going to make an appointment. How about tonight? Who would make an appointment with God tonight? I'll give him 20 minutes. I'll give him 10 minutes. I'll listen. I'll read the Bible. I'll pray. I'll open up my heart. If you want to respond to this message and say, Mark, I'm going to be one that listens to the whispers. Would you just lift your hands and say today? Come on, outward sign of something going on in your heart. I'll listen to God. If God will speak, I'll listen. If God will speak, I'll listen. Say with me. If God will speak, I'll listen hands up all over. I pray today that Ocean's Church would hear your voice. Love your word. Love your word. Final authority, your word. But I pray that we would hear your voice. My sheep know my voice. Even the early church, they cited the Old Testament, but they heard God's voice. Paul cited the Old Testament, but he heard God's voice. Peter cited the Old Testament, but he heard God's voice. 
I pray we would cite scripture, but we would know your voice. In Jesus' name. Open up their ears. Open up their eyes. Let them know your love. In Jesus' name. Put your hand on your heart today. I pray you would soften the ground of every hard heart. I pray for the heart that's been jaded. I pray for the heart that's been perverted. Some of you grew up in such a toxic environment that there's such a light here today. It's almost like walking outside when you don't have sunglasses. It almost hurts your eyes. This is the most light you've ever been around. Some of you grew up in a very dark house. And today God says, if you'll let me, I'll bring light to your life. If you're here today and you need to get right with God, if you're here today and you've never made a decision to invite Jesus into your life, I'm not selling religion today. I'm not peddling some, some, some tradition today. I'm asking you if you want to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, who is still alive, who still speaks, who still fills people with the Holy Spirit. If you want that type of relationship, that's what I offer today. I'm not asking you to be a good person. I'm not asking you to become a moralist. I'm not asking you to become some sort of Pharisee. I'm asking, do you want to have a personal relationship with God? If that's you, you walked away and you want to come back, return. You ran away from God and you want to return. Today's the day. You ran away, but today you want to return. Today's the day. Or maybe you, you grew up first time in church your whole life or in a long time. And you say, Mark, I've never been in an atmosphere that I feel God this close. And if this is Jesus, this peace I feel is Jesus, I want more of Jesus. I want to invite all of Jesus into my life. I'm done. I promise. I'm finished up about today. Last two things I'm going to do today. If you want to rededicate your life to God or for the first time invite God into your life, I'm not going to embarrass you. All I'm going to ask you to do is raise your hand and everyone in this tent is going to pray. Online, you're going to write H-E-A-R-T, heart. And if you're in the tents, you're going to raise your hands. If you want to rededicate your life, I want you to raise your hands on the count of three. If you want to put your faith in God for the very first time, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. Let's pray. Lord, I pray on the count of three that everyone that needs to respond, one, give them courage right now, two, to not miss this holy moment, life-changing moment, whisper moment, three. Would you put it up really high? I want to get right with God right here right now hands going up keep it up keep it up lots of hands lots of hands keep it up keep it up real high keep it up real high real high I see three hands three hands yeah 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 four hands yeah thank you awesome put your hands down there was 13 first service Isn't that awesome you're watching online right now every week we have dozens of people that get saved online you're watching this, your heart's beating out of your chest. I want to encourage you, don't miss this moment. You know you're not living with God or for, I know it's technology. I know that we're not physically in the same room. But how many in this tent believe that God can meet you anywhere? He's better than Verizon Wireless. He's better than AT&T. Long distance miracle right now. God's going to meet you in your bedroom right now, your classroom, your car. I pray right now, all of these tents, you want to get right with God. If you raised your hand, I want you to pray this prayer with me all over oceans today. Say, Jesus. Say it like you mean it. Jesus, I come today desiring to hear your voice. Would you please forgive me? Would you wash me? Make me clean. Would you fill me with your sweet Holy Spirit? Give me a love for what you love. 
Give me a disdain for the things that you disdain. Give me a new appetite today. I love you, Jesus, because you love me first. God's people said amen to that. Now watch, before we finish. Yeah, give me a quick hand clap. That's good. Almost done. Last thing. Last thing. If you need a mirror, please don't leave unless you have to catch a plane or go to a funeral. Come on. If you need a physical miracle today, I have faith today. There's someone in here, you have some sort of issue with like bones in your ribs. Like there's some sort of issue. I, I saw it first service and I'm seeing it even again right now. Some of you have pain in the muscle tissue between your rib cages. It's some sort of weird condition. There's even a name for it that I can't pronounce. But there's someone here, you have an issue with your ribs. God's going to heal you. I see someone even today, there's like some sort of a, some sort of issue with your liver, some sort of failure in your liver. Not the whole liver, there's a part of your liver that's failing. God's going to heal you today. Someone that you, you, you almost didn't come today because you had kidney stones when you woke up. God's going to heal you of any more kidney stones today. I sense it, I sense it. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, heal. There's even someone here today that you have an abnormality, a deformity in your ear that's preventing long-term hearing. You're actually, your hearing is becoming degenerate. And today God would stop the abnormality. He would stop the deformity. He would heal an ear today. You might even be online. I want to do this. If you need a physical healing, or maybe you're here and you have a broken heart, God will heal your broken leg like He'll heal your broken heart. Last thing I do every week, I try to pray for anyone that needs a healing. Jesus, you say, I don't believe in miracles, so then you're not going to like the Bible. I don't believe in miracles, so then you're not going to like the ministry of Jesus. Because about one-third of everything that Jesus did revolved around healing people. Even the early church, the majority of what they did was miraculous. Healings. Lame people, blind people, dead people getting healed. If you're here today, in the name of Jesus Christ, I offer you the power to be made well. If you're here and you need healing in your body, I want you to raise your hand all over the tents. If you're watching the line right now, just put your hand on your heart. Raise your hand. If you need a physical healing, maybe it's broken heart, but maybe you're here today and you have an issue with your thyroid. Someone has an Achilles tear. It's like partially torn. You're scared that it might get worse. I'm going to pray for you today. If you need a healing in your body, someone has tendonitis, God wants to heal you today. Someone has severe carpal tunnel. God wants to heal you today. Would you please respond right now? Would you honor him by raising your hands and say, God, if you would heal me, would you please do it? Just raise your hands. If someone's hands up next to you, guys with guys, girls with girls, would you lay your hand on their shoulder? If you're a guy, lay your hand on someone else's shoulder next to you. Guys, guys, girls, girls, lay your on your shoulder today. We're family here at Ocean's Church. I want you to pray this in faith. Come on, pray it like you mean it. Say, Jesus. Come on, say it like you mean it. Jesus. I believe in the power of your word. You said you would send your word and you would heal us. So I pray over everyone that we pray for, everyone we're touching. You said we would lay hands on the sick and they would, say it, they would, they will recover. Today, in the name of Jesus Christ, we call fire, we call healing into everybody. Let them recover starting today. In Jesus' name. I pray immediately and over the next seven days, full healing.
full recovery, full miracle, in Jesus' name. If you believe it, give me a hand clap today. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.